What is up, everybody? Welcome to another bonus episode of the Ashley and Jessica cast. This is going to be the first ever episode that is entirely about something else. And the topic is going to be the one, the only, Benifer. That's right, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez. So many people have requested this. And first of all, I just want to thank all of you for being Patreon subscribers. This episode will not be public, so I'm going to do a public Benefer episode, but you guys are really going to get my unfiltered, less rehearsed thoughts. I don't know if it comes off this way, but all my main feed episodes, like I really, I don't rehearse what I'm going to say, like I don't practice or anything, (laughs) my actual words, but I do a ton of research and I really try to make it sound professional and stuff. And I'm not saying that these are not going to be professional, but they're just going to be less... I don't know what the word is. Like, they're just going to be more like conversation, like just going to be me and you talking as if we were hanging out because I really like podcasts like that and I really like YouTube channels like that as well. So I'm going to just explain some Benefer opinions and thoughts that I have because this is kind of a complicated thing. Like the more that I think about it, the more complex it seems to me, which sounds really silly because we're sitting here talking about a celebrity couple And right now there are probably college professors all across the globe talking about much more complex topics who would laugh at me for saying that this is complex. But I think in terms of pop culture and our society and what our society is interested in, what it values, the people that it puts on a pedestal and the people that it knocks down, the fact that those people are often the exact same people just (laughs) at a different time. I just think it's really fascinating and I'll always find pop culture this fascinating and I'll always put pop culture on a pedestal, just the the concept of pop culture because it's the thing I've always been the most interested in my whole life. So thank you for being here. I also have to thank everybody for the support on branching out into other topics outside of Ashley and Jessica. It really means a lot to me and this is something that not only the patrons have supported but just my general following on the Ashley and Jessica page. If you check out the reels section of the Ashley and Jessica Instagram, I've been posting reels and they're doing okay. Like for someone who's never posted reels before, they're doing pretty well. Uh, they do really work on getting more followers. So if you're, if you want more followers, try posting reels about like whatever your account is about. Even if your account is just like, it's not, you know, a branding account. It's just you. Try it because it's really interesting the whole reels thing. That's another thing I could get into, but I've started posting reels about literally whatever I feel like posting about. I'll just be scrolling through news and see, you know, I saw this post about Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson, and I did a reel on that one. And my most popular one was about Kanye West and Julia Fox. And then my second most popular one was about Nev Campbell and how she doesn't age. Some of these I have been sharing on the Ashley and Jessica cast story and some of them I haven't been just because I want to see how well they do and in each way when I post on the story and when I don't. So I really appreciate – some of you have already picked up on that and have already started like liking them and sharing them and I really appreciate that. But I do want to branch out and talk about other celebrities and other pop culture topics because I really do love – so many different pop culture topics. I could do a podcast like this on probably at least 10 other topics. I'm not kidding, where I would be equally as passionate and have as much to say. So buckle up because I could really talk about anything involving pop culture. And I love how many messages I've got in general. 
where you guys are just like, you don't understand. Like, I don't have any friends that are as passionate about this as I am, but you are. And I love that because I feel the same way. I mean, I do. I'm, I am lucky that I do have some friends that share some of my obsessions. But in general, I'm usually the one going on too long. And I appreciate you Patreon subscribers the most because even though it's just $5, which some of you do pay for the higher tiers, which is like insane. You guys are the MVPs of my life. Even if it's just $5, that means something to me. That's like really, really validating and nice that people actually want to hear me. So without further ado, let me get into Benefer and my thoughts on this whole love story, fiasco, whatever you want to call it. So... First, I'm going to give my individual thoughts on Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez separately. So I'm a fan of both of these people. I'm definitely a bigger fan of J-Lo, but I also love Ben Affleck, despite all of his shortcomings. <laughs> despite the reasons why he is trash, I do love him. Growing up in the 90s, of course, Ben Affleck was somebody that was just coming up during that time where he was just very popular. He was in that teen magazine thing. He was like a little bit older than, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas or Devin Sawa or, you know, I don't know, Daw the Dawson's Creek guys or things like that. Like he was definitely in like a higher tier because he was nominated and then won the Oscar with Matt Damon and all of that. But he was definitely one of those like Hollywood heartthrobs that me and all my friends as children, we were like, oh my God, we love Ben Affleck, you know. And I never was crazy, crazy about him. Like he was never my favorite or anything. But I loved Armageddon when I was a kid. That's one of those movies that I watch now and I'm like, wow, I really, like, I really thought this movie was something as a child and now I'm like, this movie is bad. But I still think that movie does do some things right, honestly. I could do a whole episode on that movie alone, to be honest. Also, I became a huge Kevin Smith fan in my teens, so that definitely contributed to my Ben Affleck love. And I have a huge, huge affinity for Boston and Massachusetts in general. My mom and I, any chance we get, we go, we go up to the Cape, we go to Salem or Boston, Cambridge. We love it up there. And it's funny because in a spiritual sense, I'm kind of like, why am I drawn so much to Boston? I don't know. I believe in past lives and stuff. So I think I must have lived there or like, I don't know. Or maybe it's like a psychic thing. Maybe I'm supposed to like meet somebody up there or get a job opportunity up there or something. I don't know. I have this pull toward Boston that is very deep in me and I can't get rid of it. And I think that's part of why I love Ben Affleck because he's the Boston guy, right? I, I also am so attracted to people from Boston and that whole area. I don't know why. Again, maybe I was like married to a Boston guy in a past life or something. I don't know. But Ben is so that guy from Boston. You know what I mean? Like even though he's this big Hollywood movie star, he's the same dude. Like, if you walk into any bar in Boston, there's, like, 20 Ben Afflecks. Some of them might not be quite as good-looking as he is <laughs> or as Matt Damon is, but pretty close, honestly. Just that whole attitude, that that East Coast, no bullshit kind of attitude. It's like, I I don't know. I love it so much. It's a, it's a hair different from New York, and I can't quite put my finger on how. They're kind of like – I feel like New York and Boston guys are, like, brothers – and it's funny because they're so opposed with the whole Red Sox and Yankees thing. 
which is another interesting thing about Benifer, right? Because J-Lo is a Yankees girl and Ben is obviously being – when you're from Boston, being a Red Sox fan is part of your identity and personality. And I actually love it. I've always been a Yankees fan because I'm from just outside of New York City. Um, but the first time I went to Boston was for a concert. And as soon as the concert was letting out, the concert was right down the street from Yawkey Way which is the street behind Fenway Park. And that's where everybody parties when the Red Sox win. And when I say parties, <laughs> I'm talking about like the biggest party. And it doesn't even have to be winning playoff or the World Series. I just mean any game, okay? They had just won when I was getting out of this concert. And it was pandemonium. It was one of the most fun things I've ever experienced. And I mean, I'm not a huge baseball fan, so I'm not like, fuck the Red Sox. Like, I'm not like that at all. So I was just like, oh, my God, this is so fun. And I loved the passion that the people had for it. Like, it was truly in the air. It was something you felt. It wasn't just, oh, look at that idiot who's drunk and screaming about the Red Sox. It wasn't like that. It was true, like, pure, innocent, just unbridled passion. And so I have a real affection for Massachusetts people like anytime I hear it's the kind of the same way like I'm from New Jersey and anytime I hear that a celebrity is from New Jersey I instantly feel like I get them more do you feel that way when you find out that someone is from your state I don't know there's a lot of really huge celebrities from New Jersey and anytime I hear that I'm just like they're like me <laughs> you know I'm like we're both from New Jersey and when someone's from Boston or Massachusetts I'm just like oh they're my kind of person like, I would get them and they would get me it's so weird I don't know why because I'm not from Boston. So like I don't know and I don't have any – there's nobody really close to me that's from there or anything. I just have this weird connection with it that I can't really explain but who knows. Talk to me in, in 10 years. Maybe I'll be married to a Boston guy. Not Ben though because I don't want to compete with J-Lo. Let's be honest. I'm I'm not stupid. Ben was somebody that I grew up definitely aware of, definitely a fan of but not in love with or anything. As far as his later career goes – I really think it's impressive how he's managed to come back. It's one of the best Hollywood comebacks of all time, Ben Affleck's comeback. In fact, it's in like the top tier. It's in like the Mariah range of amazing comebacks because you might not remember if you're younger, but if you're my age or older, you definitely remember how Ben Affleck was over. He was done. And he was just talking about this on Howard Stern, how after the whole J-Lo relationship and after the failed movies, both Gigli and Jersey Girl, and then a couple other movies that he did around that time, he was over. And he, he was saying on Howard Stern how he actually thinks it was harder to get back in the game after that than it was to become famous initially. Now that is fascinating because... Everybody my whole life, I've been acting since I was seven, everybody my whole life has told me, oh, it's an impossible, impossible thing. You need a backup plan. It's never going to work out. You're not going to get anywhere. Meanwhile, am I Ben Affleck? No. Am I a movie star? No. Do I have an Oscar? No. But I'm an entertainer and I don't have any other jobs. Like, I have made it in that sense. I know I'm not a superstar, but I don't know. I don't know if I really want to be a superstar. <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, as much as you get being super famous, I feel like the price you pay is not worth it in many ways. But anyway, my personal goals are not the point of this episode. But 
for him to say that, that it was harder after having all the success that he had achieved and then losing that status and failing to come back, I think that that's really fascinating and something that we could delve even deeper into if we wanted to do a Ben Affleck deep dive. But if you trace his career, it's, okay, early 90s, mid-90s, he's appearing in a bunch of films, and he has some success, he has some fame. Same thing with Matt Damon, they're both kind of doing this in tandem. Best friends since they were 10 years old. I think Matt was 10 and Ben was 8 or something like that. And they've always been best friends and they ended up getting some good parts and stuff. And then, again, I'm not going to get into every detail, but somehow, some way, they write this script, Goodwill Hunting, they get it made, and they end up winning the Oscar for Best Screenplay. And if you've never seen their acceptance speech, it's one of the best acceptance speeches in Oscar history because they don't have their composure and it's beautiful. It's so fun and so pure because you could tell they're just genuinely, they're like 25, 26 years old. They genuinely didn't expect to win and they can't believe that they ended up where they ended up. To have your screenplay win the Oscar at that young age, it just really doesn't happen very much, especially at that point. I feel like we've had some younger winners in the past few years, like Diablo Cody and Dustin Lance Black, but I don't even know if they were, I don't think they were as young as Ben and Matt were at the time. I don't know, but we've had some like younger faces, you know, but at the time, like that was, it was just so unique for, and it was such a fun success story. It was like these two guys from Boston that are just like you and me, here they are on the Oscar stage winning an Oscar, right? And then they were in a higher tier and Ben Affleck starts to get even better roles huge starring roles where he's making millions upon millions of dollars in things like I previously mentioned, Armageddon and Pearl Harbor and Shakespeare in Love. This is the big one, right? This is the really important one because this is, this movie Shakespeare in Love was so epic at the time. And now we all know that he was part of the Harvey Weinstein machine and that Harvey Weinstein just was obsessed with making this movie the movie of the year. He always went hard with his Oscar campaigns, but this was on a different level. This was like, they went crazy promoting Shakespeare in Love, okay? And the movie's good. I've watched it in the past, like, I don't even remember when I watched it, maybe five years ago. And I was like, okay, this movie's really good. Did it deserve the praise that it got? Of course not. But it was so heavily promoted and... Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow, they were really put on this pedestal. And this is important because Ben and J-Lo wouldn't have been as big if it wasn't for Ben and Gwyneth. And also Gwyneth and Brad and Brad and Jen. Like all these couples had to die <laughs> so that Benifer could live. You know what I mean? Like there had to be other big couples. Another big part of why Benifer was Benifer is because J-Lo had such a mess of a love life already. But we'll get into her, honey. We will get into J-Lo, okay? So Ben at this point is just riding so high. He doesn't get nominated for Shakespeare in Love. He acted in it. He didn't write it. But it didn't really matter because 
he was so famous and just him and Gwyneth and that whole aspect of it all and Gwyneth winning and all of that. It was just a really big moment and it was something that I think everybody kind of remembers. Anyone who cares about film and pop culture, I think we all really remember that era. So then, like, right before he gets with J-Lo, he was in some movies that, yeah, they did okay, but are they truly great movies? Like, are they truly remembered as amazing movies? No. Like, I think a lot of people talk a lot about his post-J-Lo career. Post-J-Lo, but before he started directing and being taken seriously again. But right before he got with J-Lo, his movies weren't that great anyway. He didn't have another Shakespeare in Love. He didn't have another Chasing Amy Um, He didn't have another Armageddon, which like, yes, you can say what you want about that movie. But at the time, it was a huge, huge movie. People were still mocking it for being stupid or whatever. But it did really well at the box office. It was really beloved by fans. Maybe not so much critics, but Ben had also just done Dogma with Kevin Smith. And that was one of those edgier 90s movies that upset a lot of people and pissed off a lot of people. But it was still good uh, promotion for Ben because he was seen as this young, hip, edgy guy that was helping usher in a new era of Hollywood. So it was cool to be Ben Affleck, but he definitely needed a career boost around the time that he started dating J-Lo, especially because of Daredevil. He kind of took this leap where he was going to be this big action hero movie star guy. And at the time, remember, superhero movies were not popular. The... First Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire was the only one that was out. And yes, that had done really, really well. So movie studios were already kind of thinking about how they could capitalize on that and create more superhero movies. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, they're a whole other story, of course. It's like, did they cheat when they were on the set of this movie before they ended up dating or not? Who knows? But Daredevil didn't really work out. And some of the movies he did around the time, like Changing Lanes, The Sum of All Fears, I didn't even see them. I wasn't really interested in them. I remember that other one, was it called Paycheck that he was in? He wasn't killing it, let's be honest. The early 2000s, pre-J-Lo, really wasn't doing him any favors. I feel like he killed it in the 90s and then 2000 hit and it was just not it for Ben Affleck. So to be honest, he needed a career boost when he met J-Lo and it only went the in the complete opposite direction. Like, yes, he had a career boost in the sense that he became a bigger superstar because of the tabloids and because of his relationship. But as someone who had come from nothing, like no connections, no ties, like becoming an Oscar winner at such a young age and not a Oscar winner for acting, whereas, you know, if he had one for acting a lot of people could say oh he's just a good looking white guy that's how he got there but screenplay like you have to work a little bit harder to get a screenplay produced and the way everything came together that's a whole other episode this could be literally a 10-part series if I really wanted to break down the career of these two because that whole story of how Goodwill Hunting was created and all of that is really fascinating so you should go look that up if you're interested in that movie and how things get made and all of that because it really is an awesome story. It's really an inspiring story to be honest and I think it's why I'll always love Ben Affleck. So at the same time, J-Lo, this is post-Selena. Selena Selena came out in 97. Before that, 
She had appeared in a bunch of different movies like Jack and Money Train, things like that. She was on In Living Color, obviously. She was in a Janet Jackson video. But Selena is really where people started noticing her and where she made it big. And then she had, you know, Anaconda come out, which is a movie I will always love. Like, I get that it's cheesy and bad, but I love that movie. I will watch it anytime it's on. It's like, it's one of those movies that like isn't a great movie, but it's so watchable. Like, it's so entertaining. I love how seriously J-Lo takes that role, by the way. Like, she takes it so, like, she's in a different movie, and it's so funny and good. I don't think her performance is bad either. Like, I like it's not that bad. I don't know. There's something about that movie I love. Anybody else? Then she does this movie called Out of Sight in 1998. And doing this movie kind of put her in the same neighborhood as Ben Affleck. Young, up-and-coming Hollywood a little edgy, but still sophisticated and classy. Out of Sight is a Steven Soderbergh movie, and he was a hot director at the time. And Jennifer co-starred with George Clooney. And after this movie, and after Selena, which, I mean, I know a lot of people say J-Lo isn't a good actress, and I just don't get that because of Selena. Anytime someone says that, I'm like, oh, you don't think she was good in Selena? And normally people reply and say, oh, no, 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 she was good in Selena, but that's it. And I'm like, well... It's kind of a big deal to be good in a movie like that, especially because I don't know if anybody remembers the flack that J-Lo got when she was first cast as Selena, but Selena was Mexican-American and J-Lo's Puerto Rican, so, I mean, she was born in America, but her ancestry is Puerto Rican, so a lot of people really wanted Selena to be played by a Mexican-American or maybe another Tejano singer who wasn't as famous as Selena, but could play the role. And they did a nationwide search in order to find Jennifer for this. I mean, Jennifer wasn't nobody at the time. Like she had been in some, she had been in a movie with Robin Williams, just like Ben Affleck had. And she was kind of known, but she hadn't done anything that people really thought of as notable before Selena, you know? And she was the first Latina paid a million dollars for a role. And she was nominated for a Golden Globe. There was a lot of Oscar buzz around the time too. I I bet it was really disappointing for her not to get nominated for the Oscar. And honestly, I feel like if she had been white, she probably would have been nominated because like Hollywood is just that racist. That was really a star-making role. She should have been. Like if that had been Reese Witherspoon, I mean, I'm using that as an example because Reese Witherspoon played June Carter Cash and won the Oscar. You know what I mean? If that had been her or something, I feel like J-Lo would have been at least nominated for the Oscar. Maybe she wouldn't have won, but like I feel like she would have been nominated. And honestly, she deserved it because she really played Selena beautifully. She really did. That is still one of my favorite movies. I love Selena. When I first saw it, actually, I was really little and I had never heard of Selena. I was watching the movie and I had never heard of J-Lo either. And she wasn't J-Lo yet. She was just Jennifer Lopez. I remember the first time I watched Selena. It came on TV and I watched it and I loved anything to do with singers and singing and dancing and all of that. So I was in love with the movie. But I thought it was just a movie. I had no idea that it was about a real person at all. I didn't know who Selena was. And at the end when she just abruptly dies, I was so confused and traumatized. I couldn't believe it. And then when they started showing the clips and it registered to me, because I must have been like seven, eight, nine years old or something. It registered to me that she was a real person. And then I kind of remembered, oh, Selena, Selena, like I've heard of this person. I was devastated. I was sobbing. And my mom came into the room and she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, and she's like, oh yeah, Selena, that, that was so tragic. She was so talented. And I was like, I didn't know about this. Like I was very caught off guard 
by that. So that's another movie. When it comes on, I will watch it. That's the thing is like, I don't understand people saying J-Lo isn't talented. I'm going to go into a whole rant about this probably. J-Lo is very talented, honestly. And even if she, you don't think she is, which I had a fight with my ex about this once, not a fight, but I met, I remember like the first time I told him that I was a really big J-Lo fan, he kind of like laughed. And I was like, what? And he was like, well, she's not a singer. Because we were talking about her music. And I was like, she is a singer, though. And he was like, no, she's like an entertainer. Basically, he was saying like, she's not like a real singer or an actress. She's just like an entertainer. And I'm like, well, why? first of all, why is an entertainer a step below a real singer? Where did you get that definition? And then also, what are you talking about? <laughs> because she's literally a singer. You might not think she's a good singer, but she is a singer. She's literally a singer. You that's that's what I think is so funny about people is they'll just be like, oh, she's more of a dancer. And I'm like, well, no, she is a singer and she is literally a singer and she is literally an actress. You cannot like her singing and acting, but that doesn't mean that she isn't one. <laughs> people just get so self-righteous about their opinions that they think they can literally just be like, she's not a singer. And I'm like, okay, dude, what have you done, honestly? But whatever. So I find her very captivating. She definitely has some type of star quality that you can say is stronger than her individual talents as an actress or as a singer. But whatever it is, I think that even if you don't, if you don't like her and you don't think she's talented, wouldn't that just make her fame and her success even more impressive? Because how did she do everything that she's done without being talented? You can say like, oh, she's just a pretty face. That's how she accomplished all that. How many beautiful women do you know in Hollywood that haven't accomplished all of that? There's a lot of people that were big in 97, 98 that are no longer big. And not only that, but they aren't so multifaceted and successful in so many different areas. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just feel like finally JLo's kind of starting to get some respect, but I feel like it ebbs and flows. I feel like around the time of Hustlers, everyone was acting like they love JLo, but they now they're kind of back to being like, oh, whatever. She's just whatever. And my personal opinion on her is I'm a big fan. I've been a fan since that day I watched Selena. I remember when her first single came out. I have several of her albums. I think I love her music. I love her acting. I don't love all of her movies, but I think that when she hits, she hits. And I think that she can be so phenomenal. And I also think that she can be so attention-seeking and desperate in a way that is actually kind of stunning considering when you look at her you would think oh she has everything she you know what I mean but I really think she's one of those people that if she doesn't get her dose of attention she will be irritable like she won't be unhappy and she will think oh my god I'm getting old I'm I'm not popular anymore people don't like me anymore and she'll still keep going and she'll still keep trying to get something to hit because she knows She's one of those hustler, and I don't mean any pun intended with um with her movie hustlers. She's one of those like hustlers for real. Like she's a showbiz hustler. She will keep going. She will keep putting out singles even when none of them are charting. Like, do you know how many singles that she put out before her I feel like when she came out with On the Floor with Pitbull, that was her music resurgence. There was a long period in there where she did not have any type of hit song. And then all of a sudden, she was big again in music because of that one hit and because of American Idol and the promotion that that gave her. She will be in the trenches for as long as it takes to get another hit. And 
I guarantee you she will still be around in 20 more years. Like, she's 52. When I think when she's, like, 75, she'll still be doing movies. She'll be playing that Puerto Rican grandma who tells it like it is. I guarantee you. She will always want fame and she will always want more of it. I don't really think money is the driving force for her. I think it's the fame and the attention. That's my opinion. That said, I don't mind it. I'm a fan of hers. I went to see her concert I love going to see her movies, even when I know it's not going to be good. I was so excited to see Second Act and that same boyfriend that I was talking about. I guess like my love for J-Lo at first, he was like, what are you talking about? And then it kind of started becoming endearing to him because I remember when Second Act came out, he thought it was really cute how excited I was about it. And and he was like, I don't know, it looks kind of bad. And I was like, oh, it's going to be bad. It's not going to be good, but I don't care. It's J-Lo. Like, I just love her. I don't know. Around this time, when J-Lo starts to decide that she's going to do music, A lot of people told her not to do it because she was really respected as an actress at this point. She could have really been considered a more serious actress throughout her career. She was on track to get those really solid roles, working with Soderbergh, making the million, and delivering such a great performance as Selena. That's a legendary performance and always will be. And she really was on track for this more serious Hollywood career. And she had two things in her mind. First thing was she wanted to do music. Second thing was she wanted to do rom-coms because she wanted to show people that rom-coms did not have to be always led by someone who looks like Jennifer or Julia Roberts. Now, what do I mean by that? Of course I mean white, right? You don't have to be a white woman to be the lead of a rom-com and have it be huge and successful. And honestly, J-Lo is one of the only people who has proven this, unfortunately. Like, how many romantic comedies do you know with a black woman as the lead? Especially when you think about, there's a lot of romantic comedies that have a all-black cast or a predominantly black cast, but I'm not even talking about those. Because I feel like that's almost another category. How many rom-coms do you know that have a black woman as the lead and she's not paired with a black man? It's just, she's the star of it. She's the star vehicle. And who cares what color the man is? Maybe he's white. Maybe he's, you know, any other race. That doesn't really happen. It it still isn't even a big thing. And rom-coms in general right now aren't a big thing. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to this preview of my Benefer bonus episode. There are a lot of public episodes of the Ashley and Jessica cast, but since this is a bonus, this is not one of them. If you would like to hear the rest of it, there's about an hour more. Please go to patreon.com slash Ashley and Jessica cast. You can subscribe for $5 and that will give you access to this episode, plus many, many other bonus episodes. You get ad-free content, commentaries of newlyweds in the Ashley and Jessica cast, mailbag episodes, so much more. I have so many exciting things planned both for the main podcast and for the Patreon. So I am really, really, really thankful to everybody for listening. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's this amazing platform where people can support their favorite content creators directly and get exclusive access to all of the things that I just mentioned. You can also request anything that you want and I always focus on the Patreon subscribers requests first because they're the trustees. I really, really, really appreciate our fun little pop culture community on there. You can cancel any time. It's nothing weird, so don't worry. (laughs) And I look forward to seeing you on there. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriya Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.